Welcome to Cartronomics with Arjun. The show aims to unravel the layers of the fintech sector and the rapidly evolving tech startup ecosystem across the MENA region and beyond. I am your host, Arjun, and I will be inviting founders, executives, investors, regulators, and other influential stakeholders to discuss and dissect the highs and lows of their own ventures and how they foresee the wider ecosystem evolve. Join us as we celebrate success and the spirit of risk-taking, the candid discussion that goes past the timid question and cautious answers. This show is produced in collaboration with Adyan, a reliable end-to-end payment solution that enables businesses to turn payments into a strategic growth driver. We're also brought to you by Lulu Financial Group, a global financial services provider headquartered in Abu Dhabi, and operating in 11 countries. Finally, Couchonomics with Arjun Singh is brought to you by M2P Fintech, Asia's leading payment infrastructure company that enables businesses of any scale to embed financial products. Welcome to this episode of Couchonomics with Arjun. I'm your host Arjun Singh, and with me today is the founder and CEO of Tamara, Majid. Majid, welcome to the couch. I hope you're comfortable. Thank you. It's a nice couch. I like it. It's new. And it's great to see you here. So thanks for coming down from Riyadh. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. All right. Great. So I'm a big fan of obviously BNPL and I guess most people in this part of the world know because I I guess I'm ferocious about the topic and I write a lot. But one of the things we constantly hear about BNPL is that there isn't much data to represent how rapidly it is growing in the region what does the customer demographics look like what are some of the challenges you guys are facing which what are the growth patterns like so keeping it in mind that some of this is confidential we'd love to hear about the tamara story from the origination to where you are today and how has your business evolved yeah you're right bnpl globally is is a, a hot space however it's not young it is young in the region and when it comes to data it's what actually made me start the business actually there is data when you look at global players australia which is the leader as a region in bnpl globally bnpl is 20% of their e-commerce that publicly we can look at afterpay zip.co and other companies that are actually public publicly traded companies and many others and to be honest i studied them very well before i started the business i understood the economics i understood the appeal the distribution the product the the, the segment that uses them and so on so i yes i agree with you the region doesn't have many because we we are all private companies that operate in the region but globally there is a lot and as almost every industry most things are similar across different markets mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if you big to degree, disagree there but i do believe what in australia most likely you will see here uh, shaping so if you ask me where do you think bnpl will be in terms of market share i think it will be 20% or so of the e-commerce for us that's where you think eventually it will get it is going there what do you think so currently is it what 2 4 i i did not do the math to be honest because i'm concerned mostly about the longer term the five year plan which is 20% okay. the market sizing and so on i do my targeting based on growth rates as of today and my baseline so i did not really size the market today in that sense so i don't know how much is it of e-commerce today however the adoption rates which you asked we saw a growth that 
when we talk to global investors who have looked at different players globally, they said, we haven't seen anything like it before. And not because we're smart. I hope we have some smart people in our team. And that's definitely we do. We have a great team. But it's not just that. The market we're serving is so underserved. The banking sector has always been, for different reasons, structural reasons, lazy mm-hmm. in serving the retail side of the business. So the consumer was not served as well as they should be. So when we went out there and told the customer, we have a product of this one, two, three, the customer adoption was phenomenal. Because most customers, especially in the biggest market in the region, which is Saudi, have no access to credit card. Mm-hmm. So your credit card is being replaced by BNPL. We are replacing no credit card. So the adoption is even better, actually. Than credit so, cards than anywhere in the world where PNPL is, is being like heavily growing. In this region, it will be even bigger. Let me rephrase that question. BNPL, is it a complementary product to credit card or is it becoming a credit card killer? I don't see a credit card to kill. That's what I'm saying. So it's not a killer to credit cards. So it's people it's maybe who, killer to credit cards in, in different countries. Maybe in the UAE, there is more credit cards and it will be a good replacement. And we see that. But in big markets like Saudi, Egypt, even other GCC countries, credit card penetration is very low. So it's a complementary product. It's for people who don't it's, have credit cards or don't want credit cards. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and I agree with you. Exactly. In a sense, it isn't a new concept, right? BNPL existed for 200 years, right? It has been repackaged, rebranded. Obviously, it's perfectly set up for the digital age. E-commerce adoption is tremendous. We're now seeing it in online. But I'll tell you what I saw very interestingly. When I started following uh, BNPL globally, uh, whether it was uh, the Australian players or players like a firm in the US, it was a narrow segment. So it was largely a product which was friendly to millennials and the younger population, a great amount of adoption in the fashion sector. If I see today right? The biggest or the fastest growing segment, at least globally, what I hear, I think there was recently a report from one of the bigger players, is the 30 to 45-year-old. And now you have BNPL penetrating groceries. You have BNPL entering uh, subscription. There are actually BNPL players who haven't even introduced pay now, where they're actually not doing BNPL. They've actually become the default payment type. Do you see this growth of BNPL go wider and wider. So we're going to see more categories, more age groups go towards it. So I want to differentiate between company growth and product growth. So BNPL as in splitting payments works for some category and does not work for other. There is like a push to put it everywhere, but that doesn't mean because the product itself is needed the way it is needed in other categories. That could be because the company want to grow and try to go into as many categories as possible. That's hence you'd see other payment methods and so on. But that's natural for all companies. They always look for growth. The best of them all always aim for it and figure out ways to find market opportunities. So the BNPL is not for every category as it stands today. Okay. However, that doesn't mean it doesn't work at all. 
that will work for certain people but at a very much different degree than for 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 instance fashion and when i say bnpl short term split payments things like less than three payments or so mm-hmm. if you go beyond that then you go into financing mm-hmm. if you ask anyone who started bnpl he would say when i first talked to people they said who would split a hundred dollars that's true you would not split a hundred dollars by 12 like splits you cannot split it for an annual basis or 24 months same thing who would split big amounts on three payments so if you go in longer term you go in a different category but some would use like if you go and put pay in three versus pay in 12 in a for a ticket size as big as $2000 a lot of people would go with pay in 12 sure and very few will still go for pay in three so pay in three is there and does the job but it's not really for that category mm-hmm. and if you go low in ticket super low in ticket like $100 or $50 and you put pay in three versus pay 12 a lot of people will go for pay in three Mm-hmm. Because uh, why would it small amount? It just doesn't make any sense. So bottom line is it will work across different categories, mm-hmm. but it will not perform the same way. And I agree with you. And I understand. And we have some evidence, although the credit card companies haven't ever done very well with their installment offerings, or at least the majority of them. But let me segue into the the customer angle of this conversation, as it's been said repeatedly, and and I tend to quote it quite regularly. BNPL is increasingly becoming quite a polarizing topic, at least among a large percentage of commentators. There are people who sit on the love side of the fence. There are people who actually sit on the hate side of the fence. And but the answer is you cannot ignore BNPL because, in my humble opinion, BNPL is here to stay. It'll evolve. It will pivot. But let's talk about the cu- customer in, in the sense there is a fear and actually it's a well established fear because there is sufficient evidence at least coming out of some of the more developed markets where customers have landed up in some form for debt trap uh, either they are misinformed either they are ill informed either they just have poor behavior i do know that in saudi arabia you do have a capping i think it's uh, no transaction can go over 5000 riyal if i'm correct but you as a firm what are the measures that you are taking to ensure that customers don't land up in this situation where they are overextended because at the end of the day however unfortunate it is the bad press comes to tomorrow so what are you doing to ensure that customers don't land up in that situation right so we from day one have a mind that we are a customer first company we want to do something that nobody dared to do, which is not charge the customer. And I like that fact. We did not innovate it as in, in, in the global sense, but the region and the global, we embrace it as to the region to bring it on. And that doesn't mean there is no opportunity to charge the customer, but we are, as a company, we love this product that doesn't charge the customer because we believe it helps people. As an entrepreneur, we create things not purely just to at the end of the day make money but we also love good impact mm-hmm. so we are conscious of the fact that this is a debt we are conscious of the fact that this is could put people in bad debt and we are working every day to enhance our capability to avoid such scenarios now when you look at the product itself that we 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 do has a, a very low average ticket 
the average ticket in the world in BNPL is about $100 to $150, something like this. Sure. $100 and $150 is very small amount. It depends, of course, on the country you're operating, but we consider that as well. If you look at the at the income of the region, even the lowest of the lowest income has a, a, a very good income and an opportunity to definitely not be in a trap of just $150. Mm-hmm. So the business itself is not really designed as a, like the, re, uh, the regular debt mm-hmm. credit cards that you could pile up like $3,000, $4,000. That's not the case. Two, there are measures we're doing. For instance, if you miss one payment, and this is not us only, this is actually embraced like organically by everyone. If you only miss one payment, you don't get access to any other payment. You can't actually go and, and, and use Tamara again. We also are don't give everyone the same amount. We give first transaction lower than the second transaction and so on. Try to make sure you show good behavior and that you are capable. In Saudi, and thankfully, and I and, and thanks to the central bank, from day one, they embraced BNPL and have actually incubated uh, a couple of the players. And, 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 and then we have had the limits set. And there are also KYC that we do. So we don't serve people below 18 years old, for instance. Mm-hmm. And we serve 18 to 21 differently, the college student and so on. So we try to have different measures we also do credit calls. We check the credit, if the credit is good or not good. We can we are proactively trying to make sure the customer is not at the trap. And it's not in my benefit. No, it, it isn't. Actually, it isn't. If you look at our business, our business makes money on the transaction, not on the loan. When you think about it. So in a personal loan, you give some like whatever and you take, they usually annualize it. They take 23%, right? Yep, yep. It's 7% higher. default is fine. Yeah. Our business it cannot can't, sustain can't. more than 1%. And to be honest, the collection cost is greater than actually the installment which they have to pay. Exactly. Yeah, and so our work. our business today is hovering, in general, the BNPL in the region, 1% to 2% default rate, compared to 7 to 10% for uh, uh, consumer financing, in general, banking uh, sector or uh, financing. So let me ask you two questions, Bajit. Let, let's take this conversation a little bit further. You and me have spoken about this last time we had dinner. Do you see a scenario where a group of enlightened BNPL players come to some sort of a consensus with regards to data sharing as your market share grows? Okay. And let me ask the second question because you can try and answer. You've obviously recently heard what Singapore has done, right? Uh, a bunch of leading BNPL players in Singapore have come together to prepare a code of ethics in terms of the way it works. And if you remember when you and I spoke last time, my view was, I think that's a good idea for us to consider doing in this region uh, because if nothing else, it provides a template on which engagement with a regulator can be done in the future and that could form the template. Do you see either of those two things happening? Do you see some sort of data sharing at the back end starting among BNPL players to start off with? Do you see people, uh, your fellow peers, competitors, come together and say, no, let's write a code of ethics which drives the business in a particular way? Of course. I think, and we, by the way, we are engaged with, with, the, with the BNPL industry here we actually lead as we talk to regulators, make sure we are proactive as well as an industry. The industry has evolved. Mm-hmm. 
thankfully in a very short period the industry became the talk of town whether it's uh, in Saudi or UAE or anywhere else in the region or the world when it comes to fintech right it's the hottest topic there is so much demand the customer is loving it the merchant the amount of inbounds we get is crazy so there is a huge adoption and we appreciate that and we recognize that we are entering into a very sensitive part of the economy which is the financial system banking and financial systems are critical to the health and sustainability of any economy so as a mature player we understand that we have to get together we have to coordinate we have to plan we have to talk to the regulator and definitely what happened in southeast asia is no foreign to us we are planning to do something similar we're working with our peers to definitely eventually create a, a landscape whereby we are sustainable too all we care about is yes the customer at the end of the day has to be protected but also we have to be sustainable that's true if we overlend or give and there are unfortunately cases of that when we see especially in the UAE no, where I, i i believe it's unsustainable to there are some bnpl players and, who are yeah and it's not sustainable for the industry so we're working together to change these things and to make sure instead of just competing we're also working together okay let's take this conversation internationally i'm very keen to hear your view there is this sort of i don't know if dichotomy is the right word here but you have these sort of polar events happening in australia where the vast majority of the bnpl players are publicly listed as i had recently posted there has been carnage right but the top players have lost something like 90% of their market capitalization on an average right some of these companies which were over 10 billion dollars are below a billion dollars today right you might want to buy one of them on the other side you have afterpay which sold for 29 billion which was a, a very impressive figure bought by square or block and klarna uh, although announcing record losses in the last quarter and i do appreciate that a lot of it has to do with expansion there in 45 different countries if if i'm not wrong they've got over 100 million customers so on and so forth uh, are sitting on a market cap of 40 plus billion and if i do add a firm is another example where because they're publicly listed they've actually down i don't know 60 70% from their peak why are the public markets so harsh on the bnpl players and is this a model issue is it because there's too many of them you got a point of view on that i think it's not just the bnpl though I think the tech industry has been hit big time publicly in the last four or five months now. Since November 2021, we saw major drops in companies okay. that are not only doing super well, but I suggest people to invest in them, but I cannot name because it's it's illegal. But yeah, well, there are so many cheap stocks. We're not stocks. giving investment advice. There are so many cheap stocks now. The, the market is discounting for irregular situations that are happening with tapering from the central bank with the unfortunate war in Ukraine and so on there are situations macro level situations that have nothing whatsoever to do with with the industries that being hammered however where I'm, I'm also not a valuator so I'm not evaluating the these companies and these opportunities in BNPL or so but I believe that what is happening is not definite is not specific to BNPL it is more about tech startups and 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 the multiples out there and eventually we will see how the market will turn around in the next few months i think it will bounce back it may not go back to where it was 
Okay. I think there there was a sort of overvaluations that happened across all tech companies. A lot of us were surprised by a lot of things that were happening and people were like it's so easy to make money. You just put it and it just doubles the yeah, second on the, on the now on the valuation side definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that is not normal. We knew that. So may it may not go back to where it was 100% but I think there will be greater opportunities. Now it's it's a very good time to shop. And I don't think it's specific about BNPL or the business model. Given the fact that it's not yet regulated, we don't know what will happen. Mm-hmm. That that risk, everybody knew from day one. Sure. It, is, is there going to be like ratio problems that could happen? Is, it good, is the regulator going to just stop XYZ from growing? That I don't see any sign of. I, I, because so far... The demand is high on the globally. We see uh, all these players growing. So I, and I'm not concerned myself about valuations. I think it's, we get excited as uh, companies about valuations sometimes that we lose our compass. Uh, the real compass for a company is customer satisfaction. You grow the business, you fundamentally grow it. I'll give you an example um, and praise to them. Jahaz, great people, great company that didn't do it the VC-backed way. They were very cautious of the unit economics from day one. They priced themselves very well. They've been profitable for a very long time. And now they are, they are a, a public company, the most successful uh, startup exit in the region, in my opinion, today, because it went public and it is profitable and it's so efficient. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it, if you can. Sometimes... Market conditions doesn't allow you, but actually, this is the best way to build a startup. Well, I better get I better get their CEO on that couch then soon enough. You should. Get, you should. He's to, a great to, guy to get a, a playbook. Guy. I might ask you for an introduction on that. So I'm going to hold you on to that in terms of the rebound of the BNPL players, and if we have a part two on this discussion six months down the line, we'll revisit there it. There could be M and A's as well. There could be, and I think a I lot do. of M and A's. It's an opportunity. But, too. but let me let me ask a question, which intrigues me. Right, uh, BNPL in its purest form do you think as a business model it is sustainable or are you going to see bnpl players evolve quite radically over a period of time become marketplaces klarna seems to be becoming some sort of a shopping marketplace i was reading somewhere that they generated something like 300 million new clicks for their merchants last year which is phenomenal. You have another form of evolution where they some might go down the super app route, right? You have obviously Afterpay, which has been acquired by a payment acceptance player. And so therefore it becomes a part of a, of a payment acceptance player. PayPal has launched their own BNPL player, which is an extension of the merchant solution. So do you actually see that the vast majority of the BNPL players five years from now, I'm just putting a number out there, are going to look very different than the way they are today? I think yes. I think yes, that will be the case. However, it doesn't have to. I don't think you have to as a BNPL to become anything but BNPL. The problem you could face is, can I grow sometime? That's a problem. You think of how you grow your business and make it more defensible. Um and it's different strategies. What you just alluded to is just a choice. And it's a market understanding where the market uh, gap is and how can you serve the market while serving your partners and customers. So you don't want to just decide to be a digital bank because you want to be a digital bank. Mm-hmm. Is the market ready for that? Yeah, is there a demand for that? Or 
does the market need something different? As you said, does the market need something like a marketplace to connect these part merchants to these uh, buyers and so on? And 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 given the fact it's a two-sided business, that means there is a lot to analyze and understand. And whether it's right or left, I I uh, I think it's about market reading. I think the market, especially in this part of the world, does need actually probably all of that. You you will see players trying different ways. I think BNPL will evolve, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't have to. I don't think it's a, a, like unit economics wise, uh, business wise, they don't have to. Okay. Uh, the problem happens, and in, and in, in, as if, it's, if, if if in unit economics is if in case these uh, BNPLs don't know how to manage their risks and sign the right contracts and have the right business relationship with their partners where it's a win-win case and add value to that partners. We see the added value in BNPL clearly. Mm-hmm. The amount that we see with our partners is immense. The incremental sales that BNPL brings is no doubt about. It. And there's no doubt about it. Uh, I was a merchant. I launched BNPL in Egypt and Saudi and UAE and Hong Kong and Singapore. So yeah. as a merchant, there's definitely a mind. I'm conscious of time. So my last question to you, what's next for Tamara? So <clears throat> Tamara is an mission to create the best team ever that will l- l- fix all these problems that we see. And, and w- we are always in, in the hunt for uh, th- these people looking for the great team to join us and build an amazing team. We are in a very good position in the market today, helping our partners to grow their sales, helping our customers to buy what they need and love. I think this is will come after the new brand is out. We have the new brand that is going out. It should be already live for some of our customers. It's an amazing, sexy one that Excellent. people, people I'm sure will love. We're trying to resonate more with our customer base. And we're having more and more exciting stuff coming all along the way, expanding across the region as well. So we have more exciting news coming. That's great. So for me, best of luck. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. As Thank always, you. good to meet you. Thank you. And we for should grab dinner. And we should grab dinner soon again. Definitely. Thank so you. So with that, uh, I wanted to thank Majid for being here today with us. That is all for the episode today, and I'll see you again for the next one. Bye bye.